0: Podcast. You are now listening Listen to
1: the Rumble rumble
2: Hey there, all you hyped out of your mind Zelda fans. Welcome to another episode of High Rule
0: Podcasters. I'm your co-host Ben. And I'm your co-host
2: Pat. And normally, this is an audio-only Let's Play of the Legend of Zelda franchise. But today, we have something special for you. Oh,
0: Nintendo Direct, are you hyped? Oh, how could you not
2: be hyped? How it's true. Be how other- could
0: you not be hyped? <laughs> hyped about this? Very exciting. Of course, they say the last great bit for the last three minutes. But last three minutes. we'll get into all of that in a second, because today, we're joined by two special guests.
2: That's right. We have the Sacred Realms Brothers here joining us all the way from Texas coming and sharing their hot takes about what they just saw.
0: And so we're not going to bore you with our normal what have we been up to nonsense. Let's just get right into it. Ben,
2: what up? Wow. What a Nintendo Direct, especially those last
3: three minutes. Uh, Lyndon, how are you feeling about all that? You know, I uh, it's so tough because when we go into a Nintendo Direct, um, my hype is, is very often at just an incredible level and, um, very often I'm, I'm disappointed, right? I mean, uh, being excited for a Nintendo direct can often be a fool's game and, uh,
0: fool's game.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm very happy to say that this one at least gave us something this uh, incredible to end with. And it's so tough because I think the common wisdom was that we were going to see something from the Breath of the Wild sequel at this direct. But like, right. y- you s- you still just can only assign so much faith and common wisdom when we're kind of, when we're talking about these things. But it was here. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I was very excited by it. I think that uh, if... if I was going to be critical, then I would just say that I wish we would have seen just a little bit more new footage. But, Mm. um, you know, in a world where we did get a title and a firm release date, how much is there really to complain about?
2: Mm. And Matt, just in case somebody decided to listen to this podcast episode without having any context about what we're talking about, uh, what happened today?
3: So we, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a crazy... Uh, Nintendo Direct, 45-ish, 50-ish minutes this morning around 7 uh, seven a.m. Eastern Time, or sorry, Pacific Time, and uh, talked about a little bit about Zelda at the very end there. <laughs> but most of it was uh, other non-Zelda-related things. So we finally got some good uh, discussion, some good uh, Easter eggs, some good hints at what we're looking for, and a title drop on Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, definitely... I know that we're all going to spend the next, uh, I don't know, call it eight months, I think, between now and the release date, uh, absolutely dissecting every square centimeter of that trailer, trying to get as much into the mind of the developers and uh, as we possibly can.
2: Well, and, and I think that kind of tees up the first thing to kind of wonder about. And Patrick, when you, when you saw the title... TEARS how uh-huh. did you how did you originally how did you pronounce that the first time around
0: well as a wordsmith i went both ways i right. understand that most people are going to say the tears of the kingdom especially with the symbols that they showed but the kingdom is clearly torn apart right and it could very easily be a play on tearing right tears yeah. of the kingdom which oh, you know might point. be a I stretch, but I, yeah, but I can't help but see like all angles. They're written the exact same way, but are very, very different words. And uh, I'd be surprised if that wasn't slightly intentional.
3: I'm kind of wondering too because we do have um, obviously this was all shown in Japan as well, and uh, we have official logos for. The game released. We've got key art. We've got box mm. art. We've got we've got everything in both English and Japanese. Um, I would mm-hmm. be willing to say that this conversation is going to be put to bed just as soon as somebody who knows you know who is yeah. fluent in Japanese goes and reads that logo and is like, guys, sure. it's tears, not tears, or whatever.
0: Sure. Mm. I think regardless, though, the you know the ambiguity there exists exists even if the Japanese doesn't have the same wordplay in the title because why not, you know, why not have some fun with whatever language you're presenting the title in?
2: And, and generally they're not, like you said, right? It was, um, is an active decision what to name the game. And so thinking that they, you know, they, they could have chosen there, there could have been other things to choose because it's not a direct translation from Japanese, you know, character by character. Right. It's trying to convey the, the idea. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think most people agree that it is tears um, from from what I've seen looking around on the Internet, but uh, definitely uh, some some tearing going on. And so I do like that that it invokes that. So I just um, think I think that... it's so funny
3: if I could just say real quick, like while we're talking about the name. Because, uh, you know, one of the one of the big pieces of drama leading up to this whole Direct was the speculation that the death of the Queen would delay the Direct itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was kind of borne out yesterday after the Direct was announced uh, when Nintendo UK said that they would not be live-streaming it, but that it would I be available yep. to watch on demand afterward. Um, and so I think it's so much easier to figure out why that all happened now, right? Because this name, Tears of the Kingdom, is like... Oh dang! I guess that actually is kind of uncomfortably like, uh, you know, like, I
0: didn't even consider that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right.
3: Sure. Yeah, the the
0: kingdom, like the kingdom, is yeah, in I, mourning right now, and that might have been the reason that they kind of pushed it back, just to you know, be a little sensitive to that.
2: Sure.
3: Yeah. I, I Ooh, just, yeah. I just think it's something funny to to try and pick apart and analyze. Mm. It'll never be confirmed one way or sure. the other, but. Well,
2: it's just like at their last direct, you know, they decided not to release advanced wars, you know, because Russia had just invaded Ukraine. Right. I mean, you're when you're a global company, these are these are actual thoughts that you have to have as you release things. So,
0: right. Right. Exactly.
2: So. Um, I thought we could go around the horn here and just grab something from the trailer that really resonated with you. And Matt, I thought we could start with you. What was one thing watching, I think it was like a minute and 37-ish seconds of, of trailer that you really kind of clung to immediately? Like, oh, like that thing or something that you really enjoyed?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um I am still very excited for returning to uh, an aerial version of High Rule. I know everybody on here knows my affinity for Skyward Sword and like to me it's impossible to view the, the floating islands and, and everything going on in the aerial portion of Hyrule as anything other than some type of callback or at least Easter egg to Skyloft, Skyward Sword, and, and everything else that was going on there, right? So, and that's your yeah. favorite
2: I, 3D game, is that right?
3: It is my personal favorite, but yeah, I don't... That's what I yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's my personal favorite. I think that... Um, there is there's a lot that is going to go into this game that is going to be very not Skyward Sword. I think that I, I don't think that you can look at this trailer and I know a lot of people at the very beginning were speculating like oh it's going to be very heavily tied into Skyloft and like just the architecture the the tone the the carvings that we saw throughout the, the be- throughout this trailer are very much not like anything that was on Skyloft or anything that was in the sky uh, temple on twilight princess either. So uh, they're definitely doing something different. Um, but there's, I think that they're going to have some type of connection there, right? Like they've already done the callback to fee. Now we're going back to the sky. So like, I don't know, there's, there's something there that I'm excited about. Definitely. Patrick, what are you, what are you excited about that you saw? You
0: there? know, it's tough to just pick one thing, especially because a lot of it isn't set in stone. Ha- I mean, no pun intended, half the stu- half the information that we're getting is from old stone carvings. I'm excited to dig through these old stone carvings and see what's really going on. The thing that stood out to me is this villain that we've never seen before, who I assume is a villain, in the center of these tiers. And, you know, I was digging through my Hyrule book that I got over here, and I just, like, I can't seem to find... A villain that looked like this or any character. So I have no predictions of who that could possibly be. I'm excited. I'm hoping that they come up with somebody new and that I have to go around and collect, what was it, like seven tiers in order to accomplish a goal, kind of like how you had to get, you know, pendants in previous games. I'm hoping that that boss at the center with the tiers around it implies that we have multiple dungeons and not just like four Mm -hmm. divine beasts like we did in Breath of the Wild. Because the only reason that Breath of the Wild uh, doesn't get a perfect score for me, I want bigger dungeons that you would collect items in as opposed to just a bunch of shrines. And, you know, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I think that that kind of hints that that might be the gameplay layout on this one. What about you, Ben? What do you think?
2: Yeah, so I think the thing that I was most excited about um, was the Ouroboros symbol that we get that is making up that that background, right? So yeah, if the dragon. Yeah, if, any, if anyone's unfamiliar with that, it is a, a, a snake eating uh, its own tail or sometimes a dragon eating its own tail. You see depictions of this throughout human history, right? This isn't just something that, you know, we only see in video games. It was first referenced uh, as far back as the 14th century BCE in ancient Egypt. And, um, you know, what it was there is it was this symbol of how Ra and Osiris were connected, the sun god and the god of the underworld, right, were connected, and just how interesting that is. And it's the, it's a way to kind of talk about extinction and rebirth and that constant cycle. And that's obviously over 35 years, right, what has happened continuously in the land of Hyrule, right, is this Extinction and Rebirth, Extinction and Rebirth. And it'll be Mm. really exciting to see what directionality that gives us uh, as we look more and more into the trailer and as the game comes out to really understand what's going to happen. Certainly.
3: And I think, like, building off of that, you can say that Breath of the Wild is really the rebirth of the franchise Mm. as as it stands, right? And so, like, there are that was obviously very intentional in the design of breath of the wild being different than any other Zelda game. So if we can take their, the symbolism there to mean what we think it means, because I, I do agree with you, Ben, I think it's a very intentional use of a very common symbol. Certainly. And so I think they're leaning into that even more. So what does that look like? Like, I think breath of the wild was obviously wildly successful. So are we getting, uh, hopefully they're not just being too drastically different here, but just, improving upon it right so i i that's a great
0: point some might say that it took my breath away how wildly successful (laughs) it was (laughs) 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 my bad my bad everybody and i want to speak to more more on that too but let's hear Lyndon's uh takeaway before i cover too much
3: ground here (laughs) so i've I've got a few that really stuck out to me one that hey you only get one everyone else had to pick one you get one (laughs) oh really okay oh my bad uh oh, uh that's gonna be tough I, I think um the biggest one for me was trying to pick out the subtle differences to the hyrule landscape that you can see while link is airborne you know mm, um, yeah that's been something that people have been doing a lot of in each new uh video that we've seen from this game and you can actually if you kind of freeze frame and slow down and everything um you can you can pick out a little bit more here than you have previously been able to. It's definitely the um it's definitely the map, the overworld map from Breath of the Wild. Um, mm. at least in its base form, but there are some very interesting differences. In the first trailer we saw Hyrule Castle kind of like raising out of the ground, like it was kind of on a floating island mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and while like it
0: was tearing away from the landscape. <laughs>
3: uh, what one uh, might Did say. you recently have a child or something because you're on <laughs> fire with the dad jokes today yes. <laughs> all the world i'm not even gonna say anything weird there keep it going <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate your restraint uh so you can you can see um while link is falling in this trailer you can see hyrule castle um it is definitely floating visibly um and there's also mm. some crazy pink malice like flame coming out from beneath mm. of it mm-hmm. which is yeah, interesting calamity color Yes, and that you know that was uh, something that I don't think is too surprising, given what we've seen in trailers before. The one I did think is surprising is that that same malice flame, pink calamity color, is coming out of the uh, caldera of Death Mountain as well.
2: Mm.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So
3: yeah, that that I think is super interesting. It does make me wonder if there's some kind of underworld mechanic in this game. Um, mm. I don't know if it's too much to ask for that there's like a sky area, a ground area and an underworld, but clearly something is You're getting kind
0: of greedy. London.
3: I know, right. You're getting greedy. It, it is kind of clear to me though, that something is sort of <laughs> coming forth from, from the ground uh, in this game. And I think even aside from, even aside from what we see in this trailer that is borne out by the very first trailer we ever saw uh, for, for, Uh, Tears of Hyrule or Tears of the Kingdom uh, which showed Link and Zelda underground discovering like the desiccated corpse of Ganondorf I think yeah Uh, I kind of wanted to piggyback on that is that this was almost completely the opposite of the first trailer we saw right like ever since that first trailer we have seen nothing of Zelda Ganondorf's corpse or any of that underground section the last two you know, I guess this is technically a trailer. The other one was technically like a teaser have been solely focused on the, the aerial version or the aerial segment. So it seems like, and, and to your point, Pat, about the, um, the cave drawing showcasing what I think is safe to assume could be the, the big bad, uh, this owl looking Mm -hmm. creature with the seven tiers around it. Um, or seven, they look like Kokori emeralds to me, also. Yeah. Like, they, it's like whatever that is, that's obviously not Ganondorf. So, like, are we right. pivoting away from Ganondorf? Or, mm. like, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of giving us a, a head fake here and uh, keeping us guessing on what. Uh, what the plot might be, or even who the big bad is. I like, don't know. Which would be
0: really fun. And, yeah, that would know, be fun if they strayed
3: from Ganon a bit. I forgot if it was Ben or, ben or Pat and their observations, but I, I think that that number of artifacts that you see above that creature in the carvings is significant. Um, seven mm-hmm. is a recurring number in the Zelda series, and oh, yeah. very often it is the number of dungeons that have to be you know beaten. Exactly,
0: like the... exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope.
3: I hope so much.
0: I want dungeons back. You know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not going to be too upset, because I'm sure they're making a great game, but I would just be so happy to have dungeons. Coming back to the Ouroboros, Hmm. you know, it's kind of like a time-repeats symbol, and it seems like almost we're seeing two different links Mm. in the stone carvings. Is that Zelda that's floating there, incapacitated, is that the Zelda we're going to see in this game, or is that a Zelda that we've already seen that was incapacitated. You know, like, the time shifts here, I'm just not certain of which timeline I'm watching Mm. at any given moment. At the very end, when Link lands on that really cool-looking stone Sheikah-esque bird,
2: right? Yeah, the glider-looking thing.
0: Yeah, that looks like the Link from Breath of the Wild. You know.
3: As does the one at the beginning of the trailer mm-hmm, who's running right. towards the archway in the sky. And that yeah. that version of Link as well, I have that frame paused right now, and there's a few things that I want to note about um, about Link in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, one thing we don't see in this trailer is I guess what people were referring to is the other Link that we've seen in other trailers. We don't know if it actually is another right. Link or not. But uh, in past trailers, we saw... A character falling through the sky who was wearing very different garb from Breath yes, of the Wild right. Champion's yes. tunic, right? So this Link in this trailer, uh, if they are different people, um, he, you know, he is wearing our traditional Breath of the Wild getup with a few alterations. He's got a different shield. Um, he's got a weird-looking—the uh, the thing you collected the tears of Twilight in, in Twilight mm. Princess, on his belt. but. Right. Uh, even more so than that, this That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Even more so than that, this link has got the corrupted arm that we see mm, right. mm-hmm. in the first trailer. So um yeah, definitely some, some kind of shenanigans of some kind, I think, happening. Uh if not in terms of timeline, then in terms of like characters and like which ones we've been following throughout the trailers and that whole thing. Yeah. Um But yeah, I think the thing that stands out the most to me is this prop that he's got on his belt, this like container that looks like it's meant to hold Mm -hmm. energy of some kind. It just looks so similar to the Tears of Twilight.
2: Yeah, I didn't even catch that. It's a blink and you miss it thing. Definitely. Just kind of thinking more on these kind of, you know, details and and zooming in, um, I'd really love to pitch it over to both Lyndon and Matt for a little bit of a lore, uh, too long, didn't read. What are you excited about in terms of some of the lore implications that came out as a part of this
3: trailer? So one of the big ones for me is that, you know, really for the longest time, people have been speculating that the that the Zoni would be a, a big part of this game. And um, if you are unfamiliar with who or what the Zonai are, then you could definitely be forgiven because um, you kind of have to have gone out of your way in Breath of the Wild to have discovered any of it. Um, there are ruins scattered throughout the Overworld of Breath of the Wild that have a noticeably different, like, artistic motif to them. Um, they are not ruins of like the ancient kingdom of Hyrule. They are carved in the shapes of dragons and snakes. They have a lot of like triangle language repeating triangle motifs throughout them they're very tribal looking um, and there's an npc in breath of the wild who identifies those as zonai ruins um, as ruins mm. belonging to the zonai civilization whatever that is it's never expounded upon and um, i know that ever since the very first trailer that dropped for this game, like three years ago, uh, people were kind of speculating that maybe that culture would have something to do with what's happening in this game. And I, I personally, always felt like that was grasping at straws a little bit. That seemed like a bit of a, a granular thing for Nintendo to kind of focus in on. Um, and I, and I don't know. It just uh, I didn't think that there was much to it. Um, I am completely changing my tune on that now that Ooh. yeah so now that we've seen the flip-flopping f- yeah i know right i just can't make up my mind over here <laughs> now that we have seen the official logo for this game it's the so it's what you call it the ouroboros yep cool yeah uh that is like just a straight up Zoni carving like it's taken directly from many okay. of the pillars that you see in breath of the wild and they created like a logo out of it so sick at this point, it's it's just far too intentional for me to say that there's nothing there. Um, and it's also difficult, because for a long time, people were speculating that maybe the, the people of Twilight were involved in this game somehow. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's confusing, and I understand why, because um, the Twilight Realm had a very, like... Uh, it had sort of a similar aesthetic to a lot of the shape work that you see in the Zone Eye Ruins. Um, and I still think that, that that may be just a coincidence. Um, I think that that would, that would be such a weird, specific call-out to a past game in the way that Nintendo just hardly ever does uh, with these. Mm, yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. But I definitely think that the Zone Eye are involved in some... Like the ancient civilization of the Zone Eye is involved in some way so I think that was one of my one of my big lore takeaways um, past that it's cool. really it, yeah past that it's really tough to nail down anything too specific what did you think Matt yeah I think I'm going to just agree with everything you said except for one point where I think you 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 said that you don't know that there's going to be a there's direct connection to the um, the people in the Twilight you know Twilight princess realm I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that there is some real strong cases that can be made, uh, much like the um, the fused shadow helmet had the exact same motif as Majora's Mask, uh, I think being a an inference, if not an outright call-out to connection to Twilight Princess and Majora's Mask specifically, but also uh, just the description of the Zonai, as um, they are in Breath of the Wild, or as they are attributed to be in Breath of the Wild, is is pretty significant in its similarity to what the ancient uh, people in the Twilight Realm were supposed to be. They are they were a savage, warlike tribe that were strong in magic, wielding and worshipped a, a water dragon. So, like, I think that there is some, a, and ah. their their motifs and the the way that they construct things, even the the color scheme of Uh, things that are attributed to the zonai that very uh fluorescent almost neon green um is similar in hue to the to the color of the twilight people when they're not infected by the fused shadow right so like when they're good twilight people or whatever it's a similar hue of green i I don't know that they will specifically say that the zonai are the the twilight realm people Hmm. i don't know that they the twiley excuse me wow um, I don't you, know that they you're will You're definitely go that getting far. Twilight vibes. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's going to be, at the very least, a very strong inference um, that could cool. be considered more than headcanon. And I have wow. one last cool. thing that I want to bring up that maybe kind of supports that, um, which I, I, there was something that was very familiar uh, to Twilight Princess about all of these trailers that I hadn't been able to put my finger on until just now. Uh, but what it is is the color balance of things. Um, hmm. In the game Twilight Princess... Anytime you encounter twilight architecture or, like, the portals in the sky or whatever, they are typically black and magenta. And then once they have been, like, freed and they're no longer under an evil influence, they become, like, green. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about it now. And, like, the the red magenta flames that consume Link's arm and corrupt it, and then his arm becomes, like, that bright green and has that Zonai-looking pattern on it. Uh, that color balance is very like they're the exact same colors. I'm looking at side by side screenshots of them right now, and so again, that may be a completely wild coincidence, um, or it may you know it's 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 not unlike uh, Nintendo and the Zelda development team to kind of um, revisit old uh, I guess aesthetics. motifs and aesthetics. Yeah. You know, mm, so mm-hmm. it could it could just be that. This is a, a very handy, like, red is evil, and this green is, you know, kind of like blue was something you've discovered, and orange was something you have yet to discover in Breath of the Wild. Um, this could just mm. be a new version of that, and it, you know, again, it could have nothing to do with the Twilight. I personally think that it probably doesn't. But it, I think, is too intentional to have not been at least inspired mm. by that color balance of, like, good thing versus bad thing in Twilight Princess. Ooh, nice. Wow. All right, everyone. So that's
2: our takedown of the Zelda trailer. There's obviously going to be a ton coming out over the next few months as people freeze frame and dive right in. I can tell you right now, our friends over at Zelda Universe already have five articles up just today taking a look at the Nintendo Direct and at what's going on in all of this. So keep your eyes peeled. On the other side of the break, we will be discussing the other parts of the Direct that we liked and we will wrap up with letting you all know what our predictions were before <laughs> this and just how wrong they are. <laughs> so very wrong the way.
1: <laughs> Let's get down to business and talk about what's really got us excited. The new season of the First Encounter podcast. <laughs> First Encounter is a video game podcast where best friends Haney and Chris take turns making each other play the games that helped formulate them as youth. In season two, Chris takes over the controller as Haney forces him to play the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask for the first time. (laughs) Listen in as Chris tries desperately to understand what's happening in this game. They'll laugh, they'll cry, and they'll definitely make you feel something too. (sighs) Check out First Encounter wherever you listen to podcasts or at www.firstencounterpodcast.com. You have to include the www, otherwise it won't work. Thank you!
3: I am super hyped about the, the new Nintendo 64 games that are coming out and not just, yes! not just GoldenEye but like I love GoldenEye obviously. GoldenEye is the one I'm most hyped for. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. when they were like and one more thing Linda and I were like well what, what could it be if they're doing it and then boom GoldenEye we were just like whoa I'm pretty sure Lyndon's wife like rolled her eyes so <laughs> so <laughs> audibly that I could hear it from the other room but uh no it was, it was Polygon
0: r- misogynist God gunplay nothing nothing (laughs) like it
3: no i'm so excited for that but like even games um the the snowboarding game 1080 uh yeah i remember playing fantastic game yeah i remember playing that as like a Mm -hmm. a seven-year-old and it's like i don't know why i remember but even the the musical cue that they played in there i was like oh man that brings back a that hits a nostalgia nodule at the very back (laughs) of my brain um, and I will,
0: I'll hop in because Goldeneye is a game that I picked up on the 64 during quarantine, the place I was staying. had a Had a 64 in the attic, I pulled it down, I beat Mario 64, and then I beat... And then I started playing Goldeneye. That game is so hard. And I wasn't even playing on 007. I was playing on, I forget what the middle, uh, Secret Agent. I was playing on the middle tier. And I got about like two-thirds of the way through the game and had to put it down. Because it's so difficult. So if y'all out there have not played Goldeneye yet, just start on the easiest setting. (laughs) Because you're going to get frustrated.
3: It is a hard game.
0: It's a tough game. Don't be afraid to use a guide because you can get lost out there in the snow. Yep.
3: One thing and that I think also, uh, the cheat codes are great. Double Moonrakers or double uh, Golden Guns. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no kidding. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting about the Golden reveal is that it is coming with online multiplayer. On I know. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna be strafing all over <laughs> you guys. Watch out! I'm coming around the corner facing forward
3: <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing that i'll like i'll try i'll be excited to try and then i'll get in and do it and uh the switches online infrastructure I is know. gonna be so terrible that i'm mm. like uh, uh, yeah, uh maybe they'll yeah.
1: improve it a little maybe they'll give us a little improvement you know
3: all right. sure uh, why not <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right patrick what about you what was the uh, one thing that you were really excited to pull out of here
0: so beyond the n64 games that I'm also super excited about, I think that this game it takes two looks pretty fun. I it's very fun. you know, my my partner isn't a great gamer but she really enjoys playing games with me. We've played unraveled 2, we play some Mario Party together and
2: beyond that, you know a little a couple things here and there but I think that's genuinely the game my um. My almost wife and I, soon to be wife—that's a better way to put it—we uh, played <laughs> It Takes My Two, and it was uh, it was great. Oh yeah! And, and you know, she's not much of a gamer. You know, a little Mario Party here and there, but yeah, really liked it. Really had fun. Good.
0: Okay, then I'm then I'm psyched on it. I I look forward to it. All right. What about what about you, Lyndon?
3: Yeah, so uh the N64 games were definitely a big part of it. Matt and I are old school Mario Party 2 fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Mario Party Superstars Woo! because it's it's a really great modernization, but I mean, it's, you know, assuming that I can actually get a hold of N64 controllers to like <laughs> to play right. this with. Um then uh yeah, I think Mario Party 2 is is still the best Mario Party that's ever been made and so it coming to mm. the switch and you know you you being able to dock the switch to your modern TV and not have any of like the muddy like fuzzy lines that come when you try to do like an HDMI um you know like a, right, like some right. unholy HDMI to N64 adapter right like that yeah. that never looks good so i'm glad that yeah. uh, I'm glad that we finally are going to have a really great way to just play Mario Party Two in its totality on the Switch. Um, the biggest one for me, though, was that I'm I'm a collector of Zelda likes. Obviously, Zelda ah, is my here it series. Comes. Yeah, Zelda yep. is my series. I love Zelda very much. But my Switch is also a repository of several games that are like very Zelda in their inspiration, but have like done it in new and interesting uh, ways. And those typically tend to be indies, of course, because that's the space where most of that work happens. Hyperlight Drifter being one of the big ones. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, one of those games that I've really, really wanted to play for a long time and have not yet had time to do, uh, mostly because it's not on Switch and I can't play it in bed, is Tunic yep yep very excited um i am so excited for tunic to come to the switch ever since i saw that game like it was one of those where you see the trailer and my first thought was this looks like a switch game to me like this is a game i feel like i would like playing on my switch and now i will be able to and the best part is i'm not even going to have to wait that long because it's dropping on september 27th so amazing yeah like It's coming out super, super soon. Um, That game got really excellent reviews. um, And actually, weirdly, I've I've been wanting to talk about this game a little bit in our current season of Sacred Realms because it's been sort of Mm. applicable to one of the recurring topics that has come up in regards to the original Legend of Zelda, (laughs) which is the uh, necessity of referring to a pack-in manual, right? Yes. Um, Yeah. Tunic is, uh, one of the things that they did with that game is made a lot of it very kind of, you know, difficult to decipher. Um, There's not a whole lot of in-game hints. There's not a whole lot of in-game signposting towards things, but there is a manual that you can download and reference that is provided by the makers of the game. And I think their experience is intentionally supposed to mirror how you would use a manual with a game like The Legend of Zelda back in the day. That's
0: really cool. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, great. I'm gonna sneak in that I'm also excited about the uh, SpongeBob game. I think that looks like a dope platformer. I'm definitely gonna play that. Interesting. Um, so I, I think
3: <laughs> Ben's gonna skate, skate right, right past that one. Let's <laughs> have like, it. Yeah, I'm
2: just letting it go. Uh, all right. I, th- I think the thing that I'm most excited for um, that we haven't already talked about would be Fire Emblem. So I, I play, I bought and played through cool. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I think that was a COVID play buy and play, and I hadn't ever um, played one of those games. I was actually a really big real-time strategy fan from back in the day with, like, Warcraft and Starcraft and things like that, um, but had never played one like this. And uh, if you're not familiar with Fire Emblem, it's uh, you're moving people around a board, and then they engage in um, kind of standard RPG battles, uh, and I really loved it. Like, I mean, I probably put 50 or 60 hours into three houses, Wow. um, and I'm really excited to kind of see what this new version of Fire Emblem might give us. Sick. All right. So everyone needs to pull out your predictions. Um, we all shared these with each other beforehand. So we're keeping each other <laughs> honest. Um I went so far as to put all mine and Patrick's up on Twitter, so that way everybody knew what we were saying.
0: Oh, yeah. And, nice.
2: um, yeah, so we're just going to kind of <laughs> go around the horn, uh, go through your five predictions, and uh, let's see how you did. So I can start here. So my first one was that Breath of the Wild 2 is named and has the word ruin in it. So I get a half point, the easy point for that it was named. It obviously did not have the word ruin in it. <laughs> my second one was that the last T. Te- of the Direct is a camera wraparound of Samus Aran in Prime 4. We obviously <laughs> got no news about Prime 4. <laughs> Sad. Number three was only Wind Waker comes to switch this holiday season. We obviously got no new releases of remakes. Number four happen. was the Game Boy emulator launches later today. They've been doing a lot of later today's. I thought maybe it was going to be the Game Boy emulator since we already know about it. And the fifth one, which I'm going to argue for a half point, was there is a brief tribute to her majesty the queen i would say the fact that the nintendo uk didn't do the direct live is a bit like a tribute to her majesty the queen and i'm going to petition for one tenth of one point if you can give it to me
3: i'll give you a full i'll give you a full (laughs) half point on that one Ah,
0: that's very kind of you guys i would not give him anything let's get linden's
3: breakdown so yeah i I definitely think you were deserving of a half of a point on that um (laughs) so okay here's what i had breath of the wild sequel title trailer and full release date announced but the release date is may or later i got <gasps> full points on this wow Where did you go wow. yep um wow. and i i think to me you know like i said i think common wisdom was that we would get most of this in here and so i was trying to make this one Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all, day, all week. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I was trying to make this one a little bit less of a gimme just by adding the uh, the qualifier of like when specifically it could come out because they had said spring okay. and spring can mean like a lot of things, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so full points on that one. Uh, number two, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD ports confirmed and they dropped today. Um, this didn't happen. I knew that the <laughs> and they dropped today was going to be like, I knew that that was unlikely, but I figured it was just such a gimme that they would be announced and that they would come out at least this winter in the gap right, for right. the new game. Like, it just made so much sense. But Nintendo, gun to Nintendo. Um, what are you going to do? Facts. This is going to happen at some point. It's going to be right after Matt and I have played both games for our podcast. Of oh, for sure. It will absolutely <laughs> be 100%. as soon as we're in the middle of the season or done with the season. Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, Number three, Game Boy and Game Boy Color games come to Switch online, but no mention of the Game Boy Advance. All of these things. Yeah, all of these things. This didn't happen. Um, All of these things were leaked. Like we know that this is something that's going to come whenever Nintendo feels like pushing the button on it. So, I mean, yeah, again, felt like a gimme to me, but nope, was not to happen. Number four, Batman Arkham Trilogy comes to Switch um i still think that this will happen one day my two uh, i saw
2: a lot of people kind of thinking this so yeah yeah
3: yeah. because it just makes so much sense i mean games of a particular era that are getting like uh that that you know are due for release on switch have been kind of filtering out like portal was the last one keep predicting it until it does one day i'll be right um so that didn't happen, though. Uh, and then number five, a new side-scrolling Mario is teased. And I knew that this was mm, going to be... A, it's been a while. It, it has been a while. I knew that this was going to be the least likely of all my predictions. But at the same time, we have not had a new Mario game announced by Nintendo in a long time. We haven't really had anything mm-hmm. new since Mario Odyssey. And I figured that... Uh, you know, I, I know there's, I'm sure they're working on a sequel to Mario Odyssey 2, but I, f- I just felt like there was no way we were going to get that and Breath of the Wild 2 in the same Direct. Mm. So my compromise was new side-scrolling Mario, um, which also did not happen. So I get one full point and nothing else. But like
2: a super point.
3: That was like a super-duper point. Yeah, that was <laughs> it was a, a it super, was a a lot super of... point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. What
0: about you, Matt? Did you clearly uh did you get any super points here?
3: I got no super points, but right. I did get two points. So right. I Ooh. I said uh GBA, uh, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, etc. games uh and emulator coming to the Switch, just like apparently everybody else. Twilight Princess and Wind Waker Switch Ports, got neither one. Uh Breath of the Wild title, which was kind of a give me, but also ding, 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 I was ding. like mm, hey, you just never gonna know. play it safe. Hey. And I specifically said a new Splatoon multiplayer reveal that I won't care about. I love that. I thought it was so funny. I (laughs) I know. Uh, The last thing, and I actually debated on this one for a while. I ended up going the same route as Lyndon with uh, a new Mario title reveal of some kind. Because I honestly 100% Mm -hmm. forgot that they had just revealed Mario and the Rabbits. Um, Had I remembered that, my backup was a new or re-released Kirby title. Which would have been three points for me, uh, but so close. You know, unfortunately, I uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, my <laughs> exactly. friend. Horseshoes
0: and doesn't hand count, grenades. so
3: I get <laughs> two points, which means I'm still in the lead technically. So sure.
0: So my predictions were that Breath of the Wild 2 will come out in 2024, which I could still get a point for.
2: That is true. That is true. Right? I mean, I guess get one right I do right not now. you not trust. I do not get one
3: right trust now. released. Yeah, I do not trust release dates. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I, I feel like once, yeah. with, with rare exceptions, once Nintendo puts a solid month, day, and year on something, um, especially when it's not, you know, it's less than a year out from now. If it was more than a year out mm-hmm. from now, then I mm-hmm. would be skeptical mm-hmm. of it. But um, I truly think that this is the date they're going to hit. I think that if there is any other delay, then it's going to be in the area of, weeks and maybe a month or mm-hmm. two it's not going to be well, out of next Call me
0: scully because i'm a skeptic i don't even want to believe i'm not All even right. letting hope exist <laughs> in my heart
3: so uh, Patrick. I, my second one was
0: that twilight princess re-release would would show up and that they'd work backwards that didn't happen i predicted that the game boy color would be on there It didn't happen um most of the nintendo direct would be stuff i don't care about that was true and most th- really
2: you got all the Nintendo Switch online stuff. You got you got some, yeah, you know, definitely. some Zelda, some Tynic. I would say out
0: of the 40 minutes I only cared about 15 minutes. After. All right. All right. Now, I am excited for other people, sure, because it looks like there's a lot of cool games for RPG players. And a lot of cool stuff out there, but just, like, just the stuff that I don't really care about, you know. Out of the
3: five Um, farming simulators they released, I care about zero of them, so.
0: (laughs) Well, I really (laughs) think that that one farming simulator that had, like, RPG elements to it looked really cool. But, again, I don't care about farming simulators or RPGs. Sure. Um, And then the last one was that there would be no Metroid Prime news. So, technically... I got. You got two. Most of the Nintendo Direct won't be stuff I care about, and no Metroid Prime news, which is me being very pessimistic. But that's still two points, right? Yeah, they got go. That's, that's true. Two.
3: Hat and I tie. Let's I, go. Do, <laughs> I do. I do want to say, and, and,
0: and I could also win if Breath of the Wild Two doesn't come out till 2024.
3: We'll come back to it if you do. We'll it. come back to it. I love that. I do want to say that I would. I would be tied with y'all. Um, I changed my predictions at the last moment. Um, mm-hmm. instead of Batman Arkham trilogy comes to switch, I had Goldeneye comes to switch. Oh, oh uh, sick. Horseshoes um, and hand grenades, regrets. Lyndon. I and hand grenades. <laughs> yep. yep. I should have just I should have just committed and and then at the last minute I was just like there's there's no way that's not happening. And here it is. So. Hey. Anyway. well I'm
0: glad that you were I'd rather you be pleasantly surprised than guess that and get it wrong. Right. Yep. Right. Right. So wow. How exciting. What, what a moment, you know, even though you had to wait 40 minutes to get to the Zelda stuff, there was some cool stuff in there, and I'm going to watch that little trailer like 100 times today I, and read too many things about I it. I know,
3: right? I have already watched it three times, so uh, I'm due for a few more before the end of the day. Nice.
0: Again, everybody out there, there's already a bunch of articles on Zelda Universe that you can read about this stuff. Go catch up with it and try to get ahead of things and make assumptions before uh, anything's actually announced. It's a fun thing to do.
2: And be sure to enjoy yourself listening to uh, Matt and Lyndon play through Zelda 1 right now. They're wrapping it up, and they are coming up on Zelda 2. And we cannot wait to hear their struggles (laughs) and be there with them on some
0: episode
3: on some future day.
0: Dark nuts. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Definitely. I mean, this, gonna... this episode is pushing out our actual episode that I recorded with y'all um, by a, hmm. a week. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, cool. So, this is going to be cool. two High Rule Podcasters, uh, Sacred Realms, in a row. It's, uh, Love it. We're, we're spoiling people.
0: And what a treat Love for
3: it. everybody out there and for us.
0: Thanks for doing this with us. And everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. This has been another collaborative episode between... The sacred
2: Sacred rose
0: and the high podcasters. (laughs) Uh, Epic. Good chatting with you boys.
3: All right, y'all. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye.
0: Thanks for plugging into this week's episode of Hyrule Podcasters! If you like what you're hearing and want to support us directly, you can head over to our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive discord benefits, behind the scenes videos and
2: more. If you'd like updates, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hyrule Podcasters and Twitter at Hyrule Podcaster. Links to everything can be found in the show notes. And be sure to
0: rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen.
2: As always, this episode was produced by your co-host, Patrick. And we'd like to thank LT Headtrip for composing original music for the podcast, including our theme song. And again, thank you so
0: much for tuning in and listening. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.
3: Odd Conduit Media